Thank you so much for joining us on another edition of Tifosi Football Radio. My name is Christian Baldanza de Tacchio. And this is Giuliano Caleri. And it is Thursday, April the 29th. Once again, thanks so much for joining us today on another edition. We are a couple hours away from a big semifinal. Roma, Manchester United, the first leg of the Europa League. Roma carrying the Italian flag, carrying the City A flag. Let's go Giallorossi, Forza Roma. Now, I'm ready to go. I, Let's go United. Yeah, okay. Giuliano's a closet cheering for uh, Roma today because he wants to see a Serie A team do something, bring a trophy home. But anyways, let's get started. Let's see what we got for you today. So we got some news today from that uh, piece of garbage, Gravina. Well, it wasn't today. It was a few days ago about some Serie A reforms that we're going to talk about today. Uh, we're going to recap match day 33, some... Wild games. Wild games. I think Scudetto's in the bag now for sure. Yeah, it's done. Um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Champions League, some very good first legs in the Champions yeah, League semifinals. Yeah, yeah. They were okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to preview match day 34 for you and go from there. You ready I to like jump? That's you ready to jump in? the winning weekend. Let's do it, guys. Let's jump right in. Let's do it, everybody. So, let's recap match day 33 first. Let's get that out of the way. Let's talk about Genoa and Spezia. So, Genoa and Spezia. Genoa, 2-0 victors over Spezia. Big three points for Genoa here. Big three points. What did you think of this game? Yeah, this was a relegation battle game. Genoa got the job done. Spezia dominated. I mean, they did. They did. They had the ball most of the game. Yeah, there was an incident that we uh, disagree on in yeah. the game. Yeah. Where Provadal, I feel, was kicked and it was disallowed. disallowed. You feel like it should have stood. It should have stood. It was the first goal uh, that Genoa had scored. Looked at VAR, disallowed it. I don't agree. It looks like Provadal was hit after the ball was already rolling into the net. It impeded him. No, it did not impede him. Save. It did not impede him. Shouldn't have been a foul. Genoa should have won this game 3 nothing instead of 2 nothing. But at the end of the day, they won this game. They took their chances when they did, whereas Spezia didn't. Spezia played more of a possession game, but was trying to be too fancy. They were trying to trickle it into the net. Didn't work. But Genoa, on the other hand, played counterattacking football. Played fantastic. I think the midfield is what won them the game. Biraski and Krishito, fantastic yeah, back there Bira- for Genoa. Biraski was amazing. He was a horse. Yeah, He was a horse. A special shout-out to my man, Kevin Strutman, man of the match by far for me he played absolutely yep. fantastic and for those of you that haven't seen the highlights you need to see genoa's second goal that counted which was technically their third goal of the game against Shomodo- was uh, shomodorov from strutman beautiful yep. pass from yep. strutman to shomodorov 18 yards out top cheese provadel's not stopping that first goal skamaka provolone yeah he was a provolone in the first in the first goal uh, that counted because uh, he basically makes a save with a with his hand doesn't hang on to the ball falls right to Skamaka's feet nice goal there so big two po- uh, sorry big two goals big three points for the man in the shades here yeah it was it, it was a strange game because Spezia necessarily did not even play bad they dominated they did. In each category, they had more possession. They had more dribbles, won more aerial duels, made more tackles. Almost had uh, dispossessed the other team even, I think, more. Uh, just somehow Genoa came out. The team with 
some of the fewest shots on net, I believe, in Serie A. It has the lowest shots on target, Genoa. And they somehow continue to win through great finishing, like Shomrodov and, yeah. and uh, Skamaka being in the right spot. Like, if you look, too, if you look at the the statistics, uh, Zappacosta was getting torn apart. He was dribbled through three times. You know, he's more known for his offensive capabilities than, uh, than defensive. And he was getting ripped apart on the right wing by Gassi and uh, Maggiore. But somehow, you know, that, you know, Crescito, obviously, and Strutman pulled their weight and had a big part of that defensive aspect on the left side because everything was coming through the left side of, of Genoa, the right side for Spezia. And uh, that was their game plan. They were, they were picking on Zappacosta, but somehow Genoa, they just took the chances. Spezia, this has been their problem. Unless first it was Galabinov, and then it was Nazola. Now the goals have kind of dried up, and no one's scoring for them. So yeah. that's where their struggles uh, are continuing. But a huge three points. Yeah, very dangerous. Secures very Genoa out of that bottom three. Well, I mean, Genoa are only five points above the bottom three right now. They're they're five points above uh, of of eighteenth place here, and uh, but it was a big six point game against a team a that's in there. Right? Game. Yeah, Spezia now only two points above safety, so that's huge. That is uh, scary if you're a Spezia fan. I mean, it's been uh, it's been a dream season to be in Serie A for the first time ever. Um, anyway, trying to secure status for a second consecutive season in Serie A. But yes, uh, seems like they are crawling to the finish line here. But they need some results now. Yes, uh, they some do. some crucial crucial games coming up. But let's move on to the next game here. We basically saw a preview of Serie B, a Serie B fixture for next year's season in Parma Crotone, and it was actually a pretty, really yeah, exciting pretty game. Ex- pretty exciting. Uh, four to three Crotone, Parma now surely done. Crotone basically just dragged Parma down to Serie B with them with this win. And you know what's amazing in this game? Uh, Crotone played fantastic, scored some incredible goals. Juanas, uh, Simi played fantastic. Junior Messias smashing the crossbar too in the first half. Um, and then on the other side, I, I, I don't know. I mean, Cornelius played really well, set up two goals. Uh, Gervinho coming on, scoring. Hernani scoring. Mihalia scoring. Here's the funny part, though, with this game. And you can see Cosme's reaction. Crotone just cannot hang on to a lead for the life of them. They were they went into halftime up three to one on Parma, and within the first eight minutes, it's three three. I in know. this game, what did you think of this game? No, definitely it was a, definitely a great, exciting bottom of the table relegation game. Said you be whatever you want to call it. It was a great game. Uh, very poor defensively from both yeah. sides. People, the one-on-one defending in this game was atrocious. I mean, there are good dribblers considering in this game, like Junior Messias, like we said, Molina is pretty decent. Uh, but just way too easy from both teams. The way guys were getting through the middle, just dribbling through players. Like Hernani was, he spoke, this guy's supposed to be a defensive midfielder. Yeah, He got dribbled past five times, the most out of any player on the field. Five times, uh, which is just unacceptable for... I know Brugman's really the defensive midfielder in this formation, but, you know, as a midfielder, if you're getting beat on your one-on-one battles, it leaves a gaping hole and, and it leaves the center back stranded and, yeah. and they get ran at, right? Uh, and then on the other hand, you have Crotone. Same thing. Magayan, uh, Kofi Gigi, they both got dribbled through, uh, respectively, three each. They got dribbled past three times both. So it's not the defense. This is what... This is why both teams are going down. Their defensive yeah. 
capabilities are are not the greatest. It's let them down. But both teams are loaded with offensive talent. Cornelius again picking up two assists. It continues the the heading assists. He's they found something there. Mia Mihala scores another great goal. But the quality just between Simi Simi. I think this is his eleventh straight goal. The guy's been on absolute fire. Another penalty, and Adam Wanes, who you yeah. mentioned, phenomenal. The guy looks. Someone's got to go for him. He's good. He's oh, a, he's one of the best, most technical players in the city. Wanes Wanes is gone. Junior Messias is gone, and Simi are gone off the squad, hands down. Those guys are not going down the city to be with Crotone. There's no way. Yeah, and Junior Junior Messias, I think you just said him. Oh yeah, he has to go. Uh, amazing dribbler on the ball. This guy plays as a center mid. Was playing as an attacking midfield midfielder and a forward to start the season. Dropped into the right center mid position in a in a five flat midfield. This guy had six dribbles from the midfield, uh, from the right side. Just ran through everybody. This guy is a talent that needs to be bought up asap. I think uh, could add some good depth to any aspiring team in Syria. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so congratulations to Crotone. That's a big, solid win for them. Uh, Parma just looked flat-footed. They, they've given up on the season. They, they just look terrible. Um, so that was an early preview of uh, two fixtures that will be happening, a home-and-home home in the city of B next year. Let's move on to the next game here. Sampdoria Sassuolo. We predicted this was going to be a snooze fest, uh, but Sassuolo edging out. Uh, Sampdoria here with a big one nothing win. Domenico Berardi, beautiful, beautiful goal. Bicycle kick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was a boring game. But there, there really was no chances in this game. There wasn't. Like, big and chances. No, everything was. I mean, Odero was busy, but there was nothing. Yeah, he, he played good. But it was nothing challenging he, Yeah, for him. he made his saves. He did what he had to do. Yeah. But there was like, yeah, exactly. It's a swallow just shot a lot. I mean, they had 16 shots, seven on yeah. target. So Adero started to make the saves. But exactly. The shots weren't the most dangerous shots. They no. were shots from distance. And and uh, there was really no big cutting edge chances that were created. I mean, so swallow yeah. the biggest chance they had, they scored, which was that bicycle kick in yeah. the six-yard box. And then uh, the biggest chance um, that Sampdoria had, they missed it. So they hit the bar, Yanko he missed it so yeah that, that was the difference in this game both teams nothing to play for well Sassuolo's got the conference league to play nah, for they, they they're do. three if, points if they behind even, if they even want to get in yeah i know well, <laughs> if we'll, anyone wants to get in we'll talk a little bit later about that everyone is, i think is trying to avoid that spot seriously emilio darrell though on the other side busy goalkeeper yeah. he's had a fantastic season he's really the reason that uh Sampdoria are where they are because yes. this Sampdoria team is very lackluster um yeah, they just there. There's no imagination in this. There's team. none. They, like the most dribbles they completed this game was two in 90 minutes. They completed two dribbles, so they're not an adventurous team. It's just yeah. very much build up play, long balls, yeah. knock. It's very basic yeah. with Ranieri and his squads, and there's not enough room for creativity. Unlike you know Deserbi, he's a very offensive minded coach. Loves to see yeah. creativity. He brings on Boga. Boga's just ripping Seriously. apart everybody on the left side, and that's the difference in the absolutely. You know. I know I keep piping him up, but do you think Emilio Dero should be a top three Italian goalkeeper? Or is he not there yet? I don't think he's there yet, but he's knocking on the door. There's do you think he'll get there? There's no reason why do he could. Do you think it's worth for he'll him? He'll get there. Do you think it's worth for him to wait to get into the national team? Because for, for our listeners that don't know, Emilio Dero was actually born in Indonesia. So he is. he has represented. I didn't even know that. Yes, he's born in Indonesia. 
um, and uh, he he's represented Italy at every single youth level from under 15 all the way up to under 21, but he remains eligible for Indonesia. You know what? I've said it from day one. Donnarumma should not be cemented in as the number one goalie. I, no. He's 21. He has a lot of potential. And it's not to say he's not a talented goalie, but he should not be a shoe in every time La Nazionale play. But then what do you do if you're a Miladero? Do you, do you take the bonus and... Oh, you play for Italy. You're never yeah. going to play for Indonesia. You're never going to... You're, you're never going to qualify go for anything, right? So you play for Italy. I but mean, you get, he will get in there yeah. once guys like... Sidigu are out and I hope so because this guy's a fantastic goalkeeper. He, there's no reason why this guy should not be in the top three uh, goalkeeper conversation no. in the next decade. He's that good. Yeah. Like I said, the only thing going against him for whatever reason is it's reputation. Donnarumma has six years experience, believe it or not, already at 21 years old. I think six years, around six years, maybe just under. Overrated. But yeah, he... He should not be number one. I think he still has a lot to prove. And there's goalies that deserve a look, like Emiladero, like uh, maybe not Silvestri as much. He's shown that he's not as consistent. So Cranio. You have Cranio, exactly. Sir, if we sound like we're in a construction site, but I don't know, sound like there's banging behind me on top, below. I'm in a condo right now. It's uh, driving me nuts. So anyone that hears that banging, my apologies. But uh, yeah. Yeah, he should be in the conversation. Oh, anyway. let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'm a big fan. Uh, so Sassuolo getting that big one nothing win. Let's move on to the next game. Huge, huge game here. One of the most exciting games on the weekend. Udinese taking out Benevento 4-2. to And Benevento now, with this loss, everybody, is now sitting in 18th place. Staring at relegation back into Serie B, a place I personally thought they weren't going to be. I know. I think everyone thought the way they were playing early in the season that uh, the way they the way they splashed money to bring in some players like no one would have thought. I don't think anybody would have thought the way the no. season was going for them that they'd be down there no. at this point. So late in the season too. Yeah, so late in the season, and uh, I think. I think Benevento really need to consider if they're going to keep going, especially if they get releg- if they get relegated. I don't think Pippo Inzaghi has a job next year. I don't think so either. If he, if they, yeah, if they get relegated, it's uh, even if they survive now. I don't think complete he, failure. I think I think even if they just survive, he's not going to be there next year because they have been on such poor form, and this is the worst time to 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 go off for yeah the, the back end of their season has been terrible like i said since letizia has left they've changed formation they've gone out to three five two they were playing a christmas tree formation before three two one yeah so inzaghi he is trying to make tactical adjustments he's you know they are outplaying their teams they did it whatever outplaying means they outplayed udinese by the stats if you just look at the stats more shots double the shots more possession higher pass success rate uh but where they lose is the 50 50 battles they got out tackled out you know competed in the air because they're a short team and and that's the difference i mean the there's a lot of pieces missing they're very one-dimensional like the striker pair up marco salapadula are the same they're the same player both short dribblers creative but not great goal scorers you know what i'm saying Defense, too. All the defenders are kind of the same. Good, powerful, one-on-one defenders, good in the air. But no one's really a good passer of the ball between Barba, no. Calderola, Glick. 
And then the midfield, too. The only player that stands out in the midfield is Viola. The guy is phenomenal, great passer of the ball. But then again, it's not enough for him to just no. turn the team around. And, uh, yeah, Benevento, I don't know if they make it out of relegation. Yeah, I don't know now, especially with Cagliari playing the way they are right now. Cagliari earning uh, their escape, which we'll talk about in a couple of games. Uh, just a couple of things here for Udinese. Uh, One word for Udinese. One word. Go for it. Rodrigo de Paul. That's like my goodness. Three words. Well, that's three words. Sorry, one name. It's not even a word. It's a name. My God. What a disaster <laughs> that was. One man. Yeah. Rodrigo the he's, Paul. Uh, he's not staying. And uh, Phenomenal player. For the family here, that's the Pozzo family that owns them, right? Yes. So big congratulations to them. Watford have confirmed promotion into the Premier League next year, yeah. which means they're going to get a nice big boost financially for both Udinese and Watford. I think you're probably going to see Rodrigo DePaul at Watford next year. That's what I think is going to happen. I think they're going to bring him into the Premier League, get his experience, build up his resume. It'd be interesting. I mean, if anyone watched the games or even the highlights, look at the passes it's he made. time to move goals. on. The passes fantastic you don't see guys do long ball threaded no. passes like that with a little bit of curve or english whatever you want to call it that beautiful yeah. spin on the ball right to the f- foot or right into the path of the runner the passing from rodrigo de paul was beautiful i haven't seen anything like it in the long it, re- it reminded me of uh just to quote another argentinian uh, not quote but to compare him juan sebastian veron that's what the passes remind me of his style of play right now he reminds me Definitely. of veron uh, so he has been for me the best player in Serie A this year. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been fantastic. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see what this Udinese team looks like next year because a lot of these players are on their way out. Yeah, a lot of potential. Like they're not having the greatest season, but but it's a team with a lot of potential yeah. that has to find its identity. And absolutely, it's a strange team. It's a very strange. It's a team. very strange team. So we'll see. I mean. We'll see what happens with them. I know a big. Uh, there is some rumblings. We already talked about Juan Musso moving on to either an Inter, yeah, Roma, or something like that. Anyway. But there's also in the news Kevin Bonifazzi rumored to go to Roma next season. So that might be a good pickup for Roma. Big fan of this guy. Yeah, so for Roma. wish him well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> listen, Kevin Bonifazzi and Gianluca Mancini, you I got know. your yeah. defense right no, there. No, no, no. I'm joking. It is a good sign. It's a good sign. So we'll see what happens. But let's move on here. Uh, let's move on. Let's quickly get through this Inter Verona game because the best, uh, the best team. It's in really Syria. not the best. It's it's really not the. They're playing so ugly and so boring, Jules. The like, best team they're in not, Syria. They're not fun to it's watch. It's a marathon. They're not fun to watch now. They, they were, really are. They were fun in the beginning. Now they're just playing a nice even kill balance game trying to scrape the win but i don't even know as an Inter fan you can watch it. Not, there's nothing exciting. I'm not. About I'm this. not going to lie. As an Inter fan, I was sweating. I'm like. If they drop this game to Verona, and this was before yeah. the other two fixtures occurred, so yeah. they just threw away the entire season there. But I was thinking, if they th- drop if they drop this game to Verona in another draw, and then Milan and Juve were both to win, and Atalanta obviously won, the pressure Inter would have, you know, faced in the closing weeks of the yeah. season would have been immense, and I thought they would have faltered 100% if they dropped this. Uh, but thank goodness the man, Darmian, pops up with another clutch goal. Yeah. This is this is another clutch goal by this guy coming off the bench. Left side. He's beautiful, proven to be a steal right now. Beautiful goal. He sh- he finishes like a striker. He Silvestri, if anyone saw the goal, Silvestri's planted. He's kind of waiting to see. It's a wait game to see who goes first. 
is it going to be who makes the first move? So Vasily does he show where he's going to go versus Darmian show up. So what happened was Darmian's about to shoot. Defender's coming in from Darmian's right. So Sylvester naturally thinks, okay, my left as a goalie's covered. I'm going to cheat a bit to the right. Darmian spotted it, slotted it on the right side. The defender should have done better to block the shot. Sylvester was beat, and it just went into the... It wasn't even in the corner. It just snuck in kind of middle of the net because uh, he was patient, and it was a beautiful finish, and that was the difference. Uh, they were pretty even in, 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 in all stats. Inter dominated the air a little bit more. De Vrij, fantastic again this guy is showing his quality as one of the best dutch defenders in, in the world up there with van dyke and delict uh probably doesn't get the credit he deserves but on the back end of the season when inter is not scoring as many goals it's thanks to guys like him that they're keeping the clean sheet so that's the one thing again like you said the only really bright spark going forward was hakimi otherwise it was pretty drab uh game from inter they, they didn't really uh they really didn't do much. No. They they're didn't. they're playing but what the problem was up to this point, Inter's been playing scared. They don't they're not playing to win the title, they're playing not to lose the title. Yeah. So it's the mentality. But now that it's pretty much done, you're you're gonna see now I feel like a more carefree uh inter. I just the pressure was definitely getting to them though. Yeah, well we'll see what happens. On the other end, Hellas Verona, not much to say there. They're just yeah, they're terrible run. They've they've confirmed City out status. They're not going for anything in Europe anymore. So it's yeah. it's it's a drab. It's a drab ending to the season for It them. is. They they created chances this one. Barak had a big chance. The second one I can't remember, but they had two big chances in this game. And if you yeah. have better finishers, Inter would have lost this game. Yeah. Because they did create better chances than Inter. So Alice Verona, that's what they're lacking, is that Ford. We've been saying it from day one. Lasagna's not the man. Oh, he's team. garbage. Uh, if they can find... I'm surprised Kalinich doesn't get more time. But if they can find a guy that scores, Hollis Verona be more of a threat. Yeah, absolutely. So, that being said, let's move on to the next game. Super Team Juve tying Fiorentina 1-1 here. Uh, two points drop for Juventus here and are really in grave danger of not qualifying for even the Champions League because that's how much they suck this year. Um, watching this game, uh, I think Juve at the end of the day, they dominated. Fiorentina came out, played a counterattack. That, that's what they do. Uh, Vlahovic, a beautiful Paneka on Chesney. Uh, it was a beautiful goal. Uh, for those of you that didn't see it, check out that penalty. Totally fool Chesney. Chesney's already knows, already had a way that he was going and Vlahovic exposed them. Uh, and then uh, on the other side, Juve tying with uh, Alvaro Morata goal. It wasn't as nice as people think it was. Uh, I Personally, I think Dragovsky should have got to no, it. No, I think that. No. I'm going to tell you. Dragovsky right went way too early. He, he got way too happy, way too early. No, but that's what makes the finish beautiful because Morata, he didn't just smash it like guys do. He, he purposely he took speed off the ball. He did like a change up. Sure. He didn't blast. He just does a beautiful little chip, top corner, pure placement. That's what Dragowski, you know, he's thinking he's going to he smash it. Better. He he's cheats. He jumps. And it, as he, he can't get to the ball because he's falling because he's hit his peak in the in the jump. And he's falling and he's falling and the ball's still going sailing up. So as Dragowski's falling down, the ball's still reaching his peak and he just fingertips it. Not enough. Goes top corner. I thought for me, that was the nice one of the nicest goals of the weekend, I thought. I no. thought that was a really good goal. Don't agree. I think uh, <laughs> as a goalkeeper, 
Dragovski, especially with a, when your guy is out that far, you have... Which made it even nicer. That's You why. have an extra second or two to think about it and wait. You do. And that's why, a guy, especially a guy that's the size that he is, he's a, ma- he's a monster. He went up way too early. He jumped way too early, got way too happy. But I think it was the speed of the shot that tricked him. That's why. No, I don't think so. If he hits that full, if he hits that bad read, if he hits a bad read, well, it was a bad read because the shot. It's a if bad read. If he hits a full pace, Dukowski gets a finger to it and hits it over. But because he's changed it up, Dukowski is like, "Oh shit, I'm falling down," and it's and he's no, beat. No, I don't agree. It's poor on uh, it's poor on Dragovsky's end. So, but that salvaged a point for Juventus here. What did you think of uh, Juve's so Pirlo introducing the three man back again, three man defense? Bonucci, Chiellini getting brought back in. Delict replacing uh, the Barzali role on the right center back yeah. position. Quadrado on the right wing back. There you go. <laughs> and uh, Alexandro on the left wing back. Bentacor is the anchor. Ramsey, Rabiot is the didn't kind of Mazzella's. Didn't look good. Dybala Ronaldo, was crap. Dybala, Ronaldo yeah. was non existent. The $100,000 a week guy, Mr. Ramsey, was awful. 400000 400000 a week. Holy cow. Yeah. That's poor business right there. That's poor business decisions right there for you. Uh, the one thing I want to talk about, though, and I'm not going to nitpick about this long, I just want to make this mention. When they had a look at that handball for that penalty, for Vla- that Vlahovic scored the Panega, it took so long for them to confirm the penalty, and I don't understand why. Because you could see it was Killini, right? His arm is already up. Why did it take so long? That That's two seconds to look at. Is it because it's Juve and you're trying to find a way not to award the penalty? That's what it felt like because it was going on and on and on and on and on. Come on. It's an automatic penalty. You didn't even have to look at it. His arm's right here. It's a handball. It's not like his arm is next to his waist and it's ball to hand. It's a handball. His arm's way up in the sky. Like, give me a break. Just award the penalty. (laughs) Stop wasting my time and stop wasting everybody else's time spending 10 minutes looking at the friggin' every angle. Every angle, you see his arm up, 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 up. Even the announcers are saying, just award the penalty already. Holy cow. So that's all I really got to say about that game. Yeah. I mean, Juve, yeah, Ronaldo Dybala quiet again. Dybala, rumors are he's gone. If Juve don't make Champions League, he's out. He's gone. Because they can't afford the wage bill. Uh, same with Ramsey, he's going to be gone. But they're not worth the wage bill. They're not worth no, it. Know, Just go. Just yeah. go. Just go. You're not worth the wage bill. Go. Get out. That's what Yufei should be doing. Get out. Smart business decisions. That's what they need to be making. But it's constantly poor. Yeah, I, I understand 100%. Putting guys like Ramsey out 400000 plus a week is uh That's why they're good. in the position they're in. Yep. Right? Yep. Okay. Are we done with these clowns? Not yet. Okay. I just want to say, Cuadrado, he, again, he was a great outlet for the UV attack. I thought he did great, uh, some great work. I think he was involved on the Marata goal, if I'm not mistaken. Um, maybe lacking a bit defensively for him, but I was just surprised about how much, how many chances Fiorentina actually uh, created. I mean, they sh- had less shots, but they created a few more bigger chances than Juve did. I was, and I was more so, so I was shocked about the chances it created, and I was shocked about how few attempts. I mean, like, Juve had no nothing going for it. I couldn't believe it. I was really surprised. Uh, 
especially with this formation. You know what Pirlo's trying to go for. He's trying to replicate the team he played in with this 3-5-2. But instead of going through the middle, everything was going through the right wing, through the right side, through Cotorado. So, I mean, more questions in the midfield, more questions about the tactics. There's rumors now of Allegri coming in. He, he tweeted uh, the second coming of Allegri, so it's kind of cryptic. Rumors are, yeah, he's coming to Juve. So we'll see uh, if, if they make Champions League, he's coming to Juve. Yeah, see? If they make Champions League, if, if they, they get that 70 million euro purse, if they do, prize yeah. money for qualifying for Champions League. That's a joke. You know what that shows me? This guy can't do anything without money. That's it'll what be, that shows. Interesting. If, if, he, if he's the coach, if, if him and Conte, it'd be interesting to see them battle. If he's the manager that everybody says he is, he can turn this Juve team around, Champions League or no Champions League. So. But let's see. But he's not coming unless again at this of Champions Of course, League. he can. He thinks he can pick and choose. Anyways, and that means sorry, that means Paratici and Nedved too. Rumors are on the way out. They're in their final years of their contract. Well, I would be with those kind of stupid decisions they've been making over the years. So, let's move on to this game now. Roma dropping to Cagliari <laughs> three to two. <laughs> let's go through it quick. <laughs> uh, uh, listen, rotated the squad. Uh, yeah. Okay. This was their starting lineup here. This is definitely not their starting lineup. When you look at who they have in the midfield, you got Davide Santana on the right side, Gonzalo Villar, Diawara, and then Bruno Perez. That's not their starting lineup. Carlos Perez as they're attacking mid with Pellegrini. That's not their starting lineup. Uh, in the back, you got Mancini, Smalling, Fazio, and then you got Paolo Lopez in that. Okay, so you have some starting players in there, a few, but you don't have your whole starting 11 here. This game shows that Roma's put all their eggs in the Europa League basket. 100%. They're focused on the game today against Manchester United. And they, they know that's the way into the Champions League. They, that's, that's it. That's it. But the one thing I want to say about this game, credit to Cagliari. I mean, Roma dominated this game. They did. They were unlucky. They were unlucky to lose. They shouldn't have lost. It was poor defense. And errors back there that ultimately gave Cagliari the win. And this team is finding ways to win, whether they win ugly or they win beautifully. So credit to them. This was a huge win for them and gets them out of the relegation zone. So I have all the respect in the world for Cagliari. They are on a run and a half right now. So keep it up, guys. You're representing the Islanders of Italy. Sicily is with La Sardegna here. So Forza Cagliari. But on the other side, I want to talk about my Giallo Rossi here. Again, I hope you got all the mistakes out in this game, pal, because that third goal, again, it's a header from Joao Pedro. But if you look at it, it's on Paolo Lopez's near post. He's right there. And it goes... like. As a goalie, as a goalkeeper, you shouldn't be letting anything in near post almost ever. The near post is Paolo Lopez's weakest part of his game as, at, with his footwork as well. Like, it is his near post coverage is atrocious. It's atrocious. And what am I going to say? We lost this game. We're sitting in seventh place in the Europa Conference League spot. Three points above Sassuolo. I don't know if Roma want to be in the Conference League. Um, we were talking about this earlier. You might as well just bow out of the Conference League and just focus on rebuilding your squad and and uh, and rebuilding and getting back into the top four because that's where Roma need to aim next year. 
realistically. This year was a year of transition. That Next year is the year where we are going to expect top four. But Roma, again, they are where we expected them to be, seventh place. They might drop down to eighth because who wants to play in the Europa Conference League, the third-tier European tournament? Nobody does. Remember the UEFA Intertoto Cup where, like, Kievel used to play? Nobody cared about that tournament. Why does Roma care? It's one less fixture for them to worry about. So it gives them an extra day's break where they can focus on Coppa Italia and the Serie A next year. The Europa Conference League is for teams like Sampdoria, teams like that, that <laughs> don't get European experience all the time. <laughs> to, oh, this is this is Europe. This is nice. Roma don't belong there. No, they don't. We don't. We don't want want to be going to Azerbaijan or Baku to play some to play some team that won the Azerbaijan league. Like we don't want to do that. We're Roma. We're Roma. We deserve to be in the higher tier. San Marino of Serie A, top seventeen. I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think so. Listen, if these guys pull off something today, then I will take that loss, no problem. <laughs> No problem at all. And the other thing is, with rumors, it looks like Saudi's coming in. I know we've been saying it for weeks. It looks like Saudi's coming in. I'm starting to accept it more and more. Um, but I, yeah, go go. But I know Paulo Fonseca is going to. He's going to leave. Yeah, and big, I hope he. Big I hope. Mistake. I think it is a big mistake. But I've accepted that Saudi's coming in. Yeah. And uh, Fonseca, I hope he leaves with a trophy. He's yeah. going to go on to bigger, better things. I know he is. Yeah, yeah. He's going to go on bigger, better things. He's a fantastic coach. And uh, I know there are clubs out there that would love to have him. And I wish him all the best. I, and all the all the best of luck today. Just get your substitutions right, please. Don't be stubborn. Don't wait till the 80th minute to make a change, please. Just, just do something here. But on the quick note about Sarri, hey, if you're coming... Welcome. Welcome. Look yeah. forward to working with you. Look forward for you to bring him back the real Capitano, Alessandro Florenzi, and seeing him in the starting 11 again. Overrated. No. Overrated You're player. just jealous that you don't have him. Overrated player. You don't have him. This Roma Got team. destroyed listen, in the Champions League. Listen, let me tell you something. This Roma team is going to look very different next year. This is the yeah, first. Well, that, that, so that's what we were talking about, but that's what you got to worry about. Guys like Mkhitaryan aren't going to have a spot in this team. I don't think Cristante is not. Bring Florenzi in, sure, whatever. We'll see what happens. But a lot of players are going to be out of a spot in this team, I think. But we'll we, yeah, happens. ultimately, we've got to see what happens. We'll Julian, happens. Julian Nagelsmann was linked to Roma at one point. We don't want that now, fraud. Now he's gone to Bayern Munich. Good. It's official. Go to Bayern. But uh, yeah, Caldieri, two world-class performances by Joao Pedro and, and yeah. Razvan Marin, the Romanian. Semplici putting on, a, putting on a run and a half with this Caldieri team. So. Yes, and, and Diego Godin. Big ups to them. Lead in the back, uh, Vicario playing fantastic in Fanta- that. Yeah, standing in between. Yeah. I can't speak in between the sticks. Yeah, standing between the sticks, fantastic. Yeah. Andrea Carboni too. Uh, yeah, had a quiet little game, but fantastic in in regards to clearances and putting up a wall in front of that uh, net. So great win by Caldera. Yeah, so great win out of the relegation zone. Good for them. Let's move on to the Atalanta show. Atalanta hammering. Bologna 5 nothing here. Uh, just, it was incredible. Incredible display here by uh, by Atalanta. Atalanta now have climbed up the table, securing Champions League status. 
and uh, they just played fantastic. Bologna, on the other hand, abysmal garbage. Yeah, the mid table obscurity. I really don't have much to say about this game. Yeah, Mihailovic said it himself: red card and a penalty. I mean, they it's hard to beat them enough on a eleven v eleven. You know, no penalties called against you. So when you have a penalty and a red card called against you, it's tough. So yeah, just Ruslan Malinovsky again. This guy has had an amazing month and a half. He's been fantastic. And Luis Muriel again, arguably one of the best players in Serie A this year. Up top, definitely, the, I think, the best striker maybe in Serie A uh, for his team. Fantastic uh, performance from everyone. Chris Romero, Remo Freuler, too, scoring a nice little goal. So what a, yeah. what a team. Playing amazing. Great team. Well, and Gosens in the news, reportedly yes. going to be joining his buddy, Timmy Chestnuts, in uh, Leicester City. Yes. So it looks like Atlanta 2.0. That, that is, would be a big loss. It would be. But it looks like Atalanta 2.0 is going to be Leicester City. Yeah. Ah, yeah. It's okay. We'll see what happens. On to the next game. Napoli taking care of business here. Securing three points against Torino. 2-0. Bakayoko and Oziman with the goals in the first 13 minutes. And then after that, the game was over. Yeah, Zielinski hitting post and Sinje hitting uh, the bar two post. I mean, Bakayoko, fantastic goal. At Di Lorenzo played fantastic. Maret played great. You know, he so did play great at Meta. Yeah, yeah, this was a good, uh, great game by 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 Gattuso's Napoli. It's yeah, it's a shame now, they're going to lose this well, guy. Well, they're trying to find ways to keep him now. Yeah, so what, this is strange. Yes, with this uh, before the Milan game was played, this put uh, I think it was Juve out of the Champions League spots after this win. Yeah. So the standings at that point were Inter first, Atalanta. Or sorry, Milan in second, Atalanta in third, Napoli fourth, and Juve were in fifth after this game. Yeah, but the tables changed. Uh, tables changed in the last the, game. After the last game, anything yeah. else to say though before we move on? None. This game, none. Yeah, job done. Yeah, move job on. done. Great win. Torino didn't even play bad either. They just this was actually a pretty decent game. You want to talk about a great win? Quality. You want to talk about a great win? As much as I hate to say this, and then this is the game that turned the standings upside down. From from first place, pretty much up until winter, to second, and now out of the Champions League, well, to now we, to now possibly not signing Tonali because they don't think he's good enough. Well, what do we say it. about Sandro Tonali? Uh, we're just gonna say you heard it here first. Don't think he's great, good enough. He's he has potential, but he's not that great player they thought they were gonna get. Um, he's too raw. But Milan, they went on their winning run, which started, I believe, it was kind of towards the end of spring mm-hmm. of uh, last yep. year. COVID. And it, and it ended uh, in 2021, kind of around yeah. the new year. If they just move that forward in September, they moved it back to so September last year. They won't have won a Scudetto, but they they were too good towards the end of the season and too good at the beginning of this season. Yeah. And it shot them right in the foot because now it's crazy to think. The run they went on, one of the best in Serie A history, you don't get a title out of it. You're possibly not going to miss Champions League out of it. It's insane to think what's happened to Milan. What do you think? Well, the funny thing was we talked about this in last podcast. We said, listen, anything can happen. Milan, after this, after the match day 33, could be on the outside looking in. And look, they went from second to the, outs- on, the to on the outside looking in. So, yeah. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is I told you. <laughs> 
I told you we kind of we we have been hinting at it for a long time. I've been very loud and clear about yeah. it. Yeah, and it was it was probably crazy. People were listening to us, thinking, "Oh, you know, how can these guys? Line. These guys don't know what they're talking yeah, about." Blah blah just blah. Like, just like us with kind of Juve and all. Yeah, I think we're just calling a spade a spade. I think this is the, some patterns we saw early on with these teams, yeah. especially more so Milan. I think it's just it's caught up to them. You know, for me, as good as guys like Cassie are. He shouldn't be your star player on your team. Zlatan no. should not be your star striker. No. The guy's disappeared for the second half of the season. Yes. He's supposed to be the guy's got a contract next year. Donnarumma, your goalie, like I said, should not be a number one, should not be cemented as a number one goalie. He's no. been, to me, very disappointing. He's in been the disappointing. Half. And after this game, especially since his contract talks have been coming up, yeah. he's been. He's, he's been he's terrible. Disappeared. He's well. He, he, there's no loyalty anymore, which is disgusting. There's no loyalty. He, after this game, he was caught laughing it up with Pepe Reina. Yeah. If I lost three nothing and knew I was on the outside of Champions League looking in now, I'd be pissed. Yeah. I'd be pissed. I wouldn't want to talk to anybody. I'd be throwing things on the field. What do you say? He doesn't care. He thinks he has a payday coming. He at a, doesn't care. At Juve or an English team. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't you know care. what? He, this guy I'd does. say Sayonara if I were Milan. Yeah, I'd, I'd it's true. The there's no loyalty, there's no attachment to this team for John Luigi Donnarumma. Clearly, especially showing that kind of professionalism, that's disgusting. Uh, if I saw that, if one of my players was doing that, he wouldn't see he wouldn't see the field for the rest of the season because you're not playing to win. No, you're not. And this is Pioli's job at the end of the day. This is yeah. Pioli's job. He's going to lose his job if his guys but don't. At the same time, good. what did I tell you about Stefano Pioli? Yeah, we've known Stefano Pioli. That's always been his thing. He he's not a guy to win you. Can never get you into Champions League. It's like Spalletti. <laughs> Spalletti can never win the league, but will always get you into the Champions League. Yeah, Pioli's the same, but always get you into the Europa League positions. Will never get you into Champions yeah. League. And. It's been how many years since Milan were in the Champions 2014. League? 2014. Yeah, and they're hurting. They're, 2014. Th- their business model is around being in the Champions League every year. And they've missed it for... They're going to be missing... They might miss it for now. second... They might. This might be number seven. Yeah. If And I know what you were saying earlier today. If Milan miss a Champions League again... They're done. Yeah, they're count, done as count a club. Guys like, as much as I don't think they're going to miss him, count guys like Donnarumagant... That I know Tonali, they're going to get rid of Tamari. They're talking about buying him at a cut rate of twenty million from Chelsea yeah. on loan. Uh, but like, how do you keep guys? How do you buy strikers? Mandzukic, you know, like this guy should not be your starting. He was out of football for a year. Why is this guy the best no, thing you could get? There were yeah. so many better players out. Yeah, and you go for Mandzukic. It is. It's poor decisions by Gazita Smaldini, the sporting director. I think is uh, Masada, if I'm not mistaken. I might be getting his name wrong, but it's just poor decision making. Another yeah. big question marks too around Theo Hernandez. What has happened to he's Theo Hernandez? He's fallen off the map. This guy was the best left back in in the league last season. Yeah. And he's been pretty bang average uh, this year. Yeah. So he's been a big disappointment. Uh, Milan, I hate to say, I it's not looking good. They got a very tough end to the season. They do. They got probably one of the toughest schedules. And left. if they fall out of this, I mean this... But, Talking about all the teams struggling financially, this could be a huge nail in the coffin for yeah. Milan. Yeah. And then on the other end, I would not want to be any team that plays Lazio. And yeah. Because they're playing with no pressure. Lazio is a team when they have pressure on them, they play crap. But, but when they have only, no pressure, they play they're good. They're only five points out of a Champions League spot now. Yeah, because they got nothing to lose. So they play great. Immobile again, playing terrific. Correa, beautiful. Sat down. <laughs> 
Donnarumma on his ass. On his ass. Beautiful goal. That first goal, I think it was. Uh, but when Chiro plays good, Lazio play good. The problem is, is getting Chiro to play. This, like this guy. All the time. This is the Chiro that needs to show up for the Euro. Yeah. This is the Chiro. But he's got to stop being so streaky. He goes. He plays amazing, and then he's a ghost for yeah. It's two, true. He's a ghost for two months, and then he's a superstar for a month. A ghost yeah. for two months. He has to stop, and he's got to learn how to play a good baseline solid game and be involved in every game he's got to change his game a little bit he's got to stop being the striker that just runs in behind defenses he's got to get more involved i think in the build-up that's yeah. chiro's biggest weakness yeah absolutely but uh yeah peperina massive game best goalie probably this weekend and donnarumma's laughing it up with him yeah like you said what a what, what a, a season joke. for peperina this guy came in as the backup back, yeah. to strakosha took his job He's now having a phenomenal season. The guy still got it. Maybe Milan can sign him again. <laughs> Seriously. And they kicked Donnarumma out and his brother. Seriously. What a joke. Anyways, let's take a look at the standings here uh, after match day 33. So Inter on top, 79 points. The closest team behind them is Atalanta, 68 points, second place. Third, Napoli, 66 points. Fourth, Juve, 66 points. Fifth on the outside looking in, Milan, 66 points. Sixth, Lazio, 61 points. And in that Europa Conference League spot, Roma, 55 points. Let's take a look at the bottom. It's been 19th and 20th for the whole season. Crotone, 20th. Parma, 19th. See you later. 18th place, Benevento, 31 points. 17th place, better head-to-head, Cagliari escaping right now. Right now. In safety, 31 points. Torino, not out of the woods yet, 31 points as well in 16th place, but better head-to-head records. Spezia, not safe yet, 33 points. And dare I say it, this team is not safe yet. Fiorentina, 34 points. And I think that that should be good. <laughs> I think that should be good. I'm not going to go any higher. Um, but that the race down there is tight. Yes. It's very tight. So uh, that sums up match day 33. That sums up the standings for you. So before we move into uh, what we're going to talk about in the next segment, I want to talk in this segment a little bit about uh, some of the reforms. Because we were talking about Super League, the rise and fall the mighty rise and mighty fall of the Super League in a matter of 48 hours. And, uh, you know, we got a, we were reached out to by a lot of our listeners about uh, our reaction to it. So we appreciate the support, appreciate you listening to our opinion on uh, the Super League. But out of all that chaos that was a Super League, Serie A, the Lega Serie A had several emergency meetings and... They had a they had a couple of, they had a meeting about all these reforms that are going to come into City A now. So there's a few of them that I agree with. There's a few of them I disagree with strongly. Uh, so let's talk about them. So the first, obviously, the big one is to address the Super League issue and prevent something like this ever happening again. So every club that signs on, and joins the City A, has to accept all uefa and fifa competitions and reject anything that are not sanctioned by fifa and uefa which means a super league so it's going to be a slap in the face for a team like juventus to sign that so basically they're saying you either compete in the champions league 
or any FIFA approved competition, or you don't know, play in City. Yeah, we know Anelli hasn't given up on the Super League. Yeah, so. so it'll be interesting to see if Juve signs that document. And I guarantee you they're going to sign that document because the Super League's not happening. So, yeah, it's a good reform. It, it was long overdue anyways. It was going to happen. Okay? Uh, the other one is talks of reducing the amount of clubs in City A from 20 to 18. I'm actually for that. I don't know what you think about it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean it eliminates a Parma and a Crotone. In the TV rights, it's just more money for, yeah. the, for the teams. It's four know. less games on the fixture list, so I'm sure the players would like that as well. It's going to be tougher to get in, obviously. Uh, it's gonna, Their games are going to be tighter, more competitive, I think. And uh, and then they're talking about... So this is what I want to talk about. So the, Well, we'll talk about this first. We'll talk about... So they're talking about a playout for relegation. So I believe 18th would get relegated, 17th automatically relegated, 16th and 15th would be a, do a playout for relegation. I don't mind that. That I don't like because I think the league ta- table should always take precedent. I think the league well, table... Well, 15th and 16th, they're around the same anyway. But for me, the league table should be set never gonna be. But if 15th has a seven-point difference between the team below them, is that fair? How often does that happen? Though? I'm just saying, if it does happen, though, is that fair that they go to playout? I mean, they should be good enough to win in the playout, regardless. But I like, I like the German model better. The German model better, where the third last place team plays the uh, Bundesliga second division team. Third finish third, third place. place. They play a playout. If the second division team is good enough to beat the third last place Bundesliga team. Then sure, go in. I like that playout, but I don't like this playout. I, I like that. I don't like these playouts. I like that, interleague. but then you would ruin the whole playoff race in Serie B. Yeah, you that's have, the problem. You would and you wouldn't. You could have a What's play, the point of the could, playoff then? You could have a playoff for third and then the third gets the chance to but I That's I, another step. But I don't like playoffs period for promotion or to get into Champions League positions, which is also what you're gonna bring up. Yeah. So I won't talk anymore about it, but I don't like playoffs, period. Okay. We'll get, relegation, right, it's okay. we'll, we'll get right into this now then. So, yeah. So, I don't agree with this for Serie A, but I like it for Serie B. I like how it currently is for Serie C. Um, but Serie A is saying they want to bring a Scudetto playoff. So, it's something like the top eight teams. Some, no. Yes. Hands down, no. We don't agree with it. It's a joke. It's, very, it's too North American. Uh, if you look, And we'll give you the perfect example. We've said it a million times. We'll say it again. If you look at Major League Soccer, this is why it's not taken as seriously as other leagues. And it really isn't. Here's the reason why. You have MLS Cup, which is basically, it's a playoff system. It's a regular season with the playoff. And teams don't, the regular season means nothing. You win the Supporters' Shield, it's nothing. It's a plate. There you go. Congratulations. Here's a Supporters' Shield. Being the league champion, being number one after a full season should mean the world. And that's what it does in European soccer. or European, Sorry, European football. That's what it means. It means the world. Everywhere. South America, any South league. South America, any league. Yes. Except the MLS. Except the MLS. So nobody cares about the regular season. Uh, everybody cares about the MLS Cup. It's just it's not, it's it's, not, the, it's not the foundations that football was found that's on. That's right. You know, that's right. Winning the league is the biggest thing. Then you have your cup competitions, which are like your playoffs. That's why the FA Cup used to be huge. Coppa Italia, which is still has some prestige about it. Those were beautiful because they were a different type of competition. It was a knockout game, which anything can happen in a one-off game. Serie A is not a knockout. Yeah. It's a league. The league is a different thing. Yeah. It's a different animal. 
Definitely. Right? You can like enter. They've had three different stories, for instance. Yeah. The way they've, you know, the way they've uh, progressed through the season. You don't get that with the with the system they want. No. That's, you know, it, it, I just it, it yeah, so what's what I disagree the, with it. No, I, I disagree with it in City A to be why why should for instance if that why should so swallow an eighth Roma at seventh have a chance of winning the Scudetto no I agree with you right I agree with you a Scudetto's it's a prized possession I understand that I agree with you on that first division it shouldn't be there but when you look at the second and third division the way they're currently where they're currently structured it creates an excitement because someone who's watched the second division don't ask me why for a number of years or and follows the third division for a number of years this is the thing you can when we didn't have the playoff in the city of b and it was only one two three go up it was boring after halfway through the season because you knew who one two and three were going to be because they'd run away with it and then you have all these mid-table games that mean nothing they mean absolutely nothing. Now, you have first and second automatic promotion. I like that. I get that. It gives you, you don't have to go through a playoff race. But then you have third to like ninth or tenth or whatever you want to call it go into this playoff. So you have a team like Frosinone that are hovering like four points above relegation, but you have five points out of playoff playing for their lives. It creates excitement up until the final day for the second and third division. There is not a lot of appetite or viewership for the second and third division right now, because but aside second, from the, but it's the second division doesn't matter. So it shouldn't have that. I mean, we talked about we touched it on this. Should have we touched more. on this on the on our drive to work. The reason I don't like that either these playoffs for for getting a chance to finish third if you finish in eighth or whatever it is in Serie B, I don't agree because this is why you see a lot of teams going bankrupt in in Serie B teams. They plummet down the tables because they're they're gambling and banking on a one-off performance. Just get in the top eight, loan out whoever you can get, try and get these players in, make a mishmash team, and then if it doesn't work, you fall apart and you plummet right down to Serie D. How many times do you see teams try and do that? They try and get. That's why we say when you go through Italian promotion, you got to go one-two punch from C to B to A. If you don't get it in that that second punch, if you don't land that second punch, you're gone because half of your team is loan players guys on the end of the contracts it's very hard for these teams on their budgets to retain players because they're not trying to build teams on solid foundations and this is the example we made with uh with roma you know roma would you prefer getting into the champions league through europa league and then getting spanked in the competition because you don't let's face it they don't have the team to compete with the champions league teams or would you rather Year in, year out, you finish fourth. You build a good team that is constantly competing to fight in fourth. And then you actually have a chance to do something in Champions League. Or, like I just explained, do you want to just, let's get through these three games? Of course, the payout's going to be good. The payout will be good. You'll benefit from it in 2022 once the uh, competitions play through. But you're not you're not building the team. to. So what? You get there the one time, and then you're going to be, what, fighting in seventh? The next five years after, how about you build the foundations, get there so that you're steadily clawing away, trying to get into the fourth. And I think that's the way it should be. These one shot, high stakes gambling, finish seventh, get a chance to at the big show. I don't think it's the proper way of doing things. I think 
teams take too much of a gamble because the prize is huge. And I just don't agree. I think it just doesn't allow for steady growth in the sport. And I think it, uh, it just promotes bad business practice. And uh, well, that's I why think, you need someone in there. The, I think that's the problem with Syria football and, and football in general on the grand scale. I think you need to have somebody in there that understands what the risk is. Just because you have such a big prize out there doesn't mean you work around what that prize is. You build up towards it. I know, but the problem is people are naturally going to take the the path of least resistance. It's easier for me to go and do that that route as opposed to building because it takes a lot of work to build a good team. I disagree. It takes a lot of it takes a lot of things coming together. But if you go splash the cash, and this is the problem with modern football, if you go, not that Roma's going to do this, but for instance, if I'm a, if I'm a team that can afford, I'm going to go splash th- this huge amount of money because I know I'm going to get Champions League. So I'll use Roma as an example. They know, say they win Europa League, they know they're going to get into Champions League. They look at their their track record. Okay, we're going to have this much surplus. Let's go finance a Holland, spend a hundred mil because we can afford it. For that one year, you can afford it. So they go splash, and then bam, they bust, and they don't make Champions League. Then what? You get into the situation all these teams are in, because you're not slowly building like an like an Atalanta have done, using their U system, using uh, smart purchases, selling smart, selling high, buying low. A lot of teams don't do that because it's easier to splash the cash on the big guys, and that's how teams like Real Madrid have got into trouble. But you just used it as the perfect example. Yeah, a team like Atalanta. Yes, Atalanta made the Champions League last year. Right? Yes. Did they go out and did they splash anybody? But how did they get there? They didn't go there on the back of Europa no, League. They, or they, didn't, they didn't go there on the back of being promoted to get in. They no. got there because they worked hard to get into the top four. They did. Which took years. Yes. Almost a decade for them it's to get to this a point. a smart business model. Yes. The Atalanta model is a smart business model. Whether you're in Champions League or not, you're not going and splashing the cash. They're not buckling under that pressure because but, it's but, a smart decision. But the problem is when you hire sporting directors who are on a contract and have to make drastic decisions and get results like Monchi, you, I need results now or else you're gone, you're going to make stupid decisions because the pressure's there. There's no long-term plan. It's like you better do your job and get results now. And that's the problem. There's no long-term vision. Everything is it's all results-based. Look at what Tottenham just did with Mourinho. They fired him right before a League Cup, because they didn't want to spend the money. If he won, it would have been a bigger buyout to fire him, so they fired him before the League Cup. There's no long-term. There's, there's no care. It comes down to the, to the dollars and the results, and teams don't make smart decisions because of these systems in place. Okay. That's just my opinion anyway. I just think you got the wrong type of owners in there that are not in touch with what their club's history is that are not in touch with the fans because back in the day you used to have owners that were that grew up lifelong fans of these clubs right you did that 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 knew what their expectation was you didn't have these north american owners or foreign owners that only know that know this club globally because of the crest and say, okay, we're going to instantly make them a success. These are owners that are not in touch with the beautiful game. These are not owners that are in touch with the club's history. These are owners that are not in touch with all that. So they instantly look for the, basically for the easy glory, right? 
That's just, the, in my opinion, that's the wrong ownership. I still think you need that excitement. You can still dangle that carrot in City of B. You can still dangle that carrot in City of C, which, mind you, is the hardest division to get promoted from. But you like give said, these teams a chance. But it's a trade-off. You create excitement, but you create instability. That's a trade-off. There's a trade-off for everything. So you can take away the excitement, but then it creates stability. So what do you want? Do you want excitement? Because excitement comes with chaos. I want ex- so do you want? S- I want excitement with an owner that knows what they're doing, which is rare. Yeah, it is rare. It's it's, so lost. it's hard to get. It is hard to get. But I th- I want I want my I want my cake and I want to eat it too. That's <laughs> what I want. Nice big tiramisu. There you go. But yeah, anyway, with the reforms, yeah, they're they're interesting. I just hope. If you finish first in the league, I think all yeah. all fans would agree. You finish first, I agree. you win the league. The Don't relegation touch that. stuff, whatever they yeah. can do, whatever. Don't touch playoffs in City. Yeah, it doesn't deserve to be there. That touches up the reformations for for City. Yeah. So let's move in. Let's quickly uh, let's quickly go over the uh, the two Champions League results for the first legs in the semifinals. Uh, Chelsea and uh, Real, Madrid. Real Madrid playing out to a one one. Draw. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw the game, but Pulisic basically undressed the whole Real Madrid defense, made Thibaut Courtois look like an idiot, and scored a beautiful goal. And then on the other hand, Karim Benzema. What a goal that was. Boom, boom. Goal. Arguably yeah. could have been a foul on Casemiro on the yeah. build-up, but what a goal. Karim Benzema is one of the best strikers around. This yeah. guy's technical abilities. Unreal. Uh Timo Werner also missing another huge chance. Marquin, uh, who's sorry, Marquinhos. Thiago Silva's girlfriend coming out, her wife coming out in social media saying, "We have a striker that plays for a team that can't score, so that's why we can't win these games," which is kind of funny because Timo Werner has been missing uh, lots of chances as oh, it's yeah. been on in the Premier League. Oh yeah. But Chelsea, this listen, the ball's in their court. Huge result for them on the road. Uh, big points i still think they're gonna go all the way they they don't look impressive but they're very tough to beat they are uh and they got world-class players that can turn it on if you beat madrid it's gonna give them a lot of belief because madrid has been playing really good you got to give them credit for that they got guys like Militao stepping up uh cruz has been stepping up benzema who we already mentioned so they got some pieces stepping up but uh, will it be enough, the individual quality of Real Madrid, to to beat Chelsea in the next leg at Stanford Bridge? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So, let's talk about the next game. PSG, Manchester City. Man- PSG dropping the ball here. Yeah, tail of two halves. PSG own the first half. Man City own the second half. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, they, they completely changed. The attitudes of Neymar, when you expect them to be a leader, he doesn't become a leader. He gets his, you know, he gets fouled. He gets aggravated. He starts speaking out to the ref. Idrissa Gay picking up a red card for a very poor challenge. And that was it. It was a tale of two halves. PSG kind of shot themselves in the foot and they probably blew their chances of make it to, making it to the final. To me, it looks like a man, it looks like it's going to be an all English final between Man City and Chelsea. Yeah. That's what it, to me, it looks like right now. Uh, man City, you know, Ederson, I think. If I'm not mistaken, I read uh, an interesting stat here. I'm just going to confirm in regards to the touches, but Ederson had 30 touches on the ball. He had more touches than Mbappe did the entire game. Man City's goalkeeper. (laughs) So it shows how bad Mbappe was this game. Yeah, terrible. 
but uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. I think it happened in the second leg. So second leg, I believe, is next week. Yes, May 4th. May 4th. Here we go. So good luck to all four teams in the Champions League. Now let's move on to match day 34 in La Serie A before we wrap it up. So here we go. Let's start with previewing the games for you, and we're going to start with La Spezia and Hellas Verona at the Marcantonio Bentegodi, which takes place on Saturday. So, quickly, what do you think about this game? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Like we said, uh, you know, both teams are in a bit of a rut, especially more so Hellas Verona. We know Spezia is going to come out and try and dominate. I mean, it's just a matter of Verona. They, is anyone going to show up and want to score goals for this team? Yeah. And Spezia will know if they lose this game, they're in big, big trouble. So yeah. they need a result here big time. Yeah, I think expect in this game, I, both both teams struggle to create chances, create shots. I've already kind of mentioned the stat. The, the three lowest goals, you know, ch- uh, shot-creating teams are Verona, Spezia, and Genoa. Uh, Verona with 100 and, sorry, Spezia with 110, Verona with 107, Genoa with 99 uh but they create the lowest chances uh in the league so locking something up top these two teams in regards to the creativity and getting shots off so don't expect i don't think expect too many goals so what do you think i'm gonna lead towards the verona win a one no one i think kevin lasagna he likes to beat up on promoted teams i mean he scored five goals in 25 City A games against newly promoted teams, so that's kind of his thing. He likes to beat up on the little guys, this guy. Just want to make so, score. <laughs> so I'm going to say him, Matias Zakani, maybe they do something. What do you think? I think uh, Spezia is going to win this game, to be honest. Spezia hasn't been uh, – Spezia hasn't gone more than one game. They haven't not scored in consecutive games all season, so – I think you can expect Spezia to score here, and I think Spezia is going to win this game. They got to come out more desperate. They need this result more than Hellas Verona. Hellas Verona just doesn't care. So for me, put me in for Spezia. Alrighty. Next game, I don't think we got to say much. Crotone hosting Inter Milan. Yeah, like I said, Inter. You're going to now see an Inter with all the pressure off. They win this game. It's essentially over the league. It is over results. already. Get out of here. But it mathematically, could be over after this weekend, depending on the results. The danger men, or danger men, as we know, for uh, Crotone are Simi, Juana, Sim Messiah. So Inter shuts them down. They win easy. I mean, they average 2.6 goals a game against Crotone. I think they've scored 15 in their last, uh, sorry, 13 goals in their last five appearances against them. We'll see. I think this is where Lukaku and Romelu Lukaku, sorry, <laughs> Lukaku and Romelu Lukaku, Lautaro Martinez and Romelu, they break their goal drought. I think it's been four games without no goals from them. So I think that's where they break that uh, duck and they smash a couple in and clinch the City at title this weekend. I agree. Enter for the win here. Both of us telling you to do that. Now another interesting game coming up here on the Saturday. Milan are hosting Benevento. So a Benevento team desperate for something sitting in the relegation spot need something out of this game against the milan team that have been atrocious lately uh mentality doesn't look look good uh but uh, and on the outside looking in for the champions league can milan get a result that they desperately need here or does benevento somehow 
get something out of this because they're going to be desperate too. Both teams looking for something here. I think for me, me and I got to win this Benevento. Their drop-off from the first half of the season to the second half of the season has been yeah, crazy. I mean, at the beginning of the season, they were averaging 1.2 points uh, per game. On the second half of the season, they've been averaging 0. 0.6. So it's, a, it's been halved the amount of points. They've been that bad uh since the new year so i mean if milan drop it here heads go down they're definitely out of champions league but i cannot see that happen milan have to be benevento benevento are just a next to parma probably the worst team in city right now yeah what do you think no i think milan are gonna win this game they need it more so than benevento benevento deserve to be where they are especially with the point accumulation like you're telling like you're like you just told all our listeners so it's they're atrocious right now both teams are atrocious so something's got to give uh but put me in for milan so we're both trying to take milan let's move on to sunday's games lazio hosting genoa in this game what do you see happening here be interesting you got two teams in good form good defensive uh good defensive uh, form right now uh, Chiro is banging in the goals as well as getting more involved. So Genoa, Lazio, I'm going to lean either a draw or Lazio win. I mean, Lazio got no pressure. Said this is this is why they're playing so good now because there's no pressure on them to finish top four. If they make it, bonus. If they don't, who cares for them? Uh doesn't matter So because they're long shots right now. So I think in Genoa is pretty much they're safe, but they're not safe. Yeah. So I'm going to take uh, Lazio. What do you think? I'm going to take Lazio here. I just think Lazio is going to be a play a much better game than Genoa. Genoa, lucky to get something out of that Spezia game because Spezia basically controlled the full game. So I think they're going to come in. They're going to sit back. They're going to counterattack. But Lazio's got a lot more quality than Spezia does. So for me, Lazio's going to win this game as well. So next game, Napoli hosting Cagliari. This will be an interesting game. Napoli... Banging on Champions League store and Cagliari trying not to get back in the relegation zone here. What do you think? I don't know, to be honest with you. Is Napoli going to show up? I think they've they've dominated Cagliari in their last nine fixtures. I mean, sorry, in the last ten, Napoli's won nine out of ten. So... Okay, so then it should be <laughs> it should be Napoli's to win. Yeah, but are they able to overcome this quality, the form they're in? Yeah. What do you think about that? I think we might see a slip up here. I think we might see a draw. That's what I think is going to happen. Book me in for a draw for this game. Interesting. I think Napoli will have the badge here. All right. So Julian's trying to take Napoli. I'm trying to take the tie. Next game, Bologna hosting Fiorentina. Fiorentina's had this fixture in the bag for quite some time. And Bologna just looks atrocious right now, especially coming off that 5 nothing spanking. Fiorentina need this game more than Bologna because Fiorentina drops another game. They are going to drop into the relegation zone. But on the other hand, I am not convinced by Beppe Iacchini. I really am not I don't know if Bologna is going to come back with another bad game. So for me, I think 
especially the way Mihalovic runs his clubs, runs his team, sorry, I think you're going to see a response from Bologna in this game. Bologna is going to respond. Bologna is going to get a tie with Fiorentina, and we're going to be start talking about if Fiorentina is going to be relegated next week. That's what I think is going to happen. So book me in for the draw. I think Fiorentina, like you've already said, the last time Bologna even beat Fiorentina was back in 2013. Uh, so it's been a long, long time. Fiorentina have recorded 11 clean sheets against Bologna more than any other team since uh, the 2011, almost a decade ago. Uh, I mean, uh, it seems like history is definitely on Fiorentina's side. And they also got the youngest goal scorer uh, to have scored 17 goals in Serie A since Jose Altafini at 20 years old in 1958-59. So Vlahovic breaking some huge records there with his goal scoring record this season. And to top it off, Giacomo Bonaventura has scored four goals against Bologna uh, in Serie A. Tim, only against Napoli has he scored more goals in the competition. So this is a team he likes to score against. So with Vlahovic, Bonaventura, the history, I think you got to pick Fiorentina, uh, especially with what they're playing for. They're playing for survival. Bologna, on, on the other hand, are pretty much safe. So I think uh, I'm going to lean towards Fiorentina. Here. All right. Next game, Sassuolo hosting Atalanta. Sassuolo, mediocre at best right now, but Atalanta firing on all cylinders. What do you think? Yeah, Sassuolo is another team where history's not on their side. Atalanta and Sassuolo, the last time they've, the last seven games they've played, Atalanta won each one. They've never achieved more wins in a row in, in, a, in the competitions against, against this single opponent. So Sassuolo is their whipping boys. They love to play Sassuolo, Atalanta. So I think it continues, especially with the form. They're playing carefree, beautiful, flowing, attacking football. Uh, at the lot they're fantastic to watch i think it continues and they just run through so swole i think in this game i agree you just took the words right out of my mouth so we're both trying to take atalanta for this game but watch domenico the best italian player right now domenico barardi watch him he may be able to do something well we'll see but at the end of the day atalanta's gonna win this game next game udinese hosting juve so here Got some very interesting. The Nerazzurri teams are playing each other. They are, and if tell me what you think first, because <laughs> I know how much you love Juve, and I know how much the Juve fans there's love a, you, so they want to hear your opinion. There's a lot riding on this game. Uh, this could be Andrea Pirlo's last game. It's already been reported that if they do not get a result in this game, that Andrea Pirlo is out. Igor Tudor is in for the caretaker role for the rest of the season. Igor Tudor, the former Udinese coach uh, who coached Udinese in the past, uh, was specially brought in by Andrea Pirlo, and they are not agreeing with each other at the moment, having a couple of blowouts. So there's a lot going on in this Juve game. To me, I think every team that was not included in the Super League, so 17 teams in Serie A, are going to be especially inspired to prove a point to Juventus here, saying, you guys want to screw with us and our money and try and put us out of business? Well, we're going to show you now. We're going to rob you of the Champions League. I think Udinese is going to do Igor Tudor a favor, give him the caretaker role at Juve, so book me in <laughs> for an Udinese win. 
Yeah, you know, and this Forza weird, Udine, let's go. The weird thing is, you look at the stats. Udine have have lost each of their last three home league home games, all one nil. In their history in City at Tim, they've never lost four straight home games without scoring. So it's never happened before that they have not scored, uh, you know, a consecutive on consecutive defeats. Good luck, Juve fans. As well, Juve have earned only 25 away points so far in Serie A, the lowest out of the top six teams in the standings, which is very on Juve Lake. And uh, for the first time ever in their history, Udine has 17 different goal scorers on their team. The second most they've ever had was 15. So they have a team where anybody can score, and especially with DePaul pulling the strings, anyone getting on the end of his passes can look like a superstar. So it will be it will be very interesting. I mean, this is Paulo Dybala's team too. He loves to play against guys like teams like Udine. This is he picks on them. Uh, he has a pretty good record. Does he get the time? Does does Juve get back to back? It was essentially a loss against Fiorentina. Do they lose more points back to back? I don't know. I know stats are saying Udine might pick up something here. It's highly likely, but I I'm gonna lean towards Juve. I All think, right. I don't think they they drop more points. They they possibly can't. They possibly can't. But you never know. All right, Never so know. we're opposite here. I'm telling you to take Udinese. Juliano's telling you to take Juve. <laughs> Next game, Sampdoria hosting Roma here. Is this to wrap up the weekend? No. No. There's two more games. At, there's two more games, including this one. Okay, okay. So Sampdoria hosting Roma here. Not much in this game. Did all the Roma's got all their eggs in that basket against Manchester United. Roma can get something at Old Trafford today because I believe they're at Old Trafford today, right? I believe they're. I can't remember. I know it's terrible of me to th- not know if they're away or home. But if Roma picks up a result in this first leg today against Manchester United, they're going to be focused one hundred and ten percent on the Manchester United return leg fixture. So for me, I just think Roma's going to rotate their squad. Will they scrape out a win? I don't know. Book me in for a draw here. So it's going to be interesting. Roma on the road at the Luigi Ferraris yep. Stadium. Uh, Sampdoria have been abysmal on the at home. To and Roma have been abysmal on the road. But listen to this stat. Sampdoria have lost seven of their last eight home games to top seven teams. Terrible. So Roma, being Roma, do they buck the trend and get their asses handed to them? Who knows? It's Roma. <laughs> you know. We know how much they like to choke, but we'll see. I think Roma has a quality. Sampdoria are an unimaginative team. No creativity. Friggin' boring as hell to watch. I think Roma have the quality. Adios, Sampdoria. They got nothing to play for Sampdoria. You have more faith than I do. So, Juliano, it's time to take Sampdoria win. I'm, or, sorry, Roma win. <laughs> I'm telling you to take the draw. Uh, let's move on to the last game. Torino hosting Parma. Parma, nothing to play for. Torino, everything to play for. What's going to happen here? Is Parma going to drag Torino down now? I mean, they're not mathematically out, so they kind of they still have stuff to play for Parma. Come on, Jules. They're not making not it out. Not mathematically out. Listen, they win against Torino. It puts them one step closer to getting out. Not mathematically out, but they're getting close. They're playing with fire. They lose this. I mean, Parma have to play. They have to win. They got to play some defense here. They've been yeah, absolute trash. I think Torino have been very good. Napoli was a tough game, and Torino continue 
bloody goal, and that's it. I think. Yeah, Torino uh, win this game, hands down. So that sums up today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Tifosi. Follow us on Instagram Tifosi underscore football underscore radio. Like us on Facebook. Rate us on whatever podcast platform you have. And uh, look out for our brand new logo. Our brand new logo has been finalized. Uh, We're really excited to share it with you. So take a look at it. Let us know what you think. It's going to be coming out any day now. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Thanks for all the support. Until next time, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. And Forza Roma. Let's go. Man, you. Old Trafford. <laughs>